This is Ratchet from Grave Robber, and you're listening to the Wild Man and Steve. <laughs> you are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve show starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome you once again, and as everyone knows, my co-host Steve is more popular than the wild man, because he has become, over the years, or even generations, known as Mr. Segway. So Steve, what is up your sleeve for us tonight? i got to be honest, wild man, I, I just, I, I don't want to go with segues tonight. I, can I just be frank with you for a moment? I, can, if I could just be perfectly frank. Sure, absolutely. We appreciate frankness around here. I, yeah. I, I thought maybe you, you would. And i got to tell you, you know, when we do these interviews and we're talking about the music, um, I get excited. I do. It, it's, it's like a, I don't know how to describe this, it's almost like a fire. It's kind of like a, like a holy fire. Uh, that just just kind of just, just starts burning uh, in me. So um, tonight, I just I don't know. I feel the holy fire burning, and um, I, I don't want to just mess around. I just just want to be frank about all this. So anyhow, I don't know who who our guest is tonight, but uh, that's that's just my my mindset. That's where I am in my headspace. Ladies and gentlemen, it ke- it just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? Because we have with us tonight Kelly Frank of Holy Fire. Someone who was involved in music and many other things. We appreciate him taking the time to be with us tonight. Kelly, welcome to the program. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic, Wildman and Steve. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to be on your program on Suite 101, I think you are now. Is that correct? <laughs> wow, we have. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we add a couple of floors here and there. Uh, thank you much for joining us. Uh, can you start off by giving our listeners? Um, uh, c- can you start off giving our listeners? We are definitely going to get into your project full running, but could you give us some background of how you got involved in music in the first place? Sure. Well, it started back when I was uh, four years old. I wrote my first song called "A Car." And it was on one string on the guitar, and I kind of knew at that point that I had no talent whatsoever. So <laughs> I pursued it <laughs> at age 15 at the uh, talent show. Uh, the first band I was in, it was called French Lick, and we did uh, Best of Both Worlds by Van Halen. And again, I was pretty much confirmed that, uh, that music was not my calling uh, at that point based on the audience response. However... Uh, by the grace of God, I got saved in college, and man, I am such a metalhead. I just, I just absolutely love Christian metal, love Christian rock, and uh, have always enjoyed uh, music, especially 80s hairband music. And after I got saved, you know, I had to, I had to figure a way to 
find those 80s hair bands like the, the Van Halens and the Def Leppards and, uh, you know, Rat and all that kind of stuff and, and find something that was a little more helpful to my soul. So uh, when I got saved in college, I started listening to Striper and uh, a band called Petra and another yeah. band called White Cross. Yeah. And so uh, fast forward to 2016, my amazing uh, son, Travis, which I have 10 children, and uh, Travis is my oldest, um, he put on a show where we invited Striper and Petra and White Cross. Um, so anyway, um, Travis put on this, uh, this show. We called it Rocktoberfest. Uh, he called it Rocktoberfest. And he brought in uh, Striper and Petra and White Cross. And uh, basically, we, we played as well. We had Chaotic Resemblance there also. And that was, uh, that was just a huge, huge blessing in my life. And that's kind of where, um, where I'd say things really started to open up for us as far as, you know, if you're getting forward to, to full running here uh, most recently. So, I don't know, that was kind of a, kind of a lame summary, but did that make sense? <laughs> no, I, absolutely. And, and we're certainly going to delve into a lot of the things you said. I was at Rocktoberfest, and I've got to tell you, in, in my concert memory, uh, right over the years, or at this point over the decades, that stands out actually as the number one highlight. Um, I, I got there early. I was right up against the stage, and for I don't know six, seven hours, however long that thing went on, just standing there, and and it was absolutely fantastic. It was, it was an experience like nothing else. back though to the 80s and I gotta tell you man oh my goodness you're speaking my language you start throwing out uh, you know Van Halen, Def Leppard, Rat uh, you know we start thinking the White Snake and Poison and Cinderella and all those those classic hair metal bands can you help me understand why we love that music so much I mean I, I don't know that I've ever figured myself out why do we love that music the way we do? Well, you know, as you and, and Wildman probably both know this, music is totally, totally a spiritual thing. And God designed us, I believe, to enjoy music. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, classical or, or heavy metal, screamo. I mean, God designed each of us uniquely to be able to respond to and enjoy music. And there's... Uh, there's something extremely, extremely spiritual about music. And the thing is, you know, every, every band, every song has a message. 
and uh, the message is, is going to get in your head because the, the venue that, uh, that's being used, the music is going to penetrate your soul. It's, it's not an innocent um, thing. It's, it's purposeful. It's designed for one of two purposes, I believe, and that's to either draw us nearer to Jesus or to, uh, to draw us nearer to the enemy. And I believe there's so much that we could talk a very long time, and I, I don't want to go down that road right now, but just about um, how powerful music is. I mean, it's, it's, I think you, you should have a license just like, you know, I probably shouldn't have my driver's license based on how I drive. I think musicians should all carry licenses because uh, it's just such an important thing. That may be a bit of a stretch, but there you go. No, no, no. I, I, think, I think you've got a, a really good point there, and I, I think I know what you're saying. I, I remember driving to work, this was several years ago, and um, listening to the classic uh, Joe South song, uh, Hey Joe. Right? Uh, Hendrix did it, Deep Purple did it, uh, others have done it, and I think I was listening to the Deep Purple version uh, on the way into work one day, and I, I caught myself, I'm singing along, right? it's such a catchy song, and I'm singing along with it, and all of a sudden, really the Lord just brought home what I was singing. You know, hey Joe, where are you going with that gun in your hand? Da -da 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 -da. Going down to shoot my old lady. Caught her messing around with another man. Da -da 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 -da. And I just stopped and I thought, I cannot sing along with this song. This is not my story. This is not the story of anybody I know. I can't sing along with this song anymore. So I, I think I, I know where you're going with that, but, but you made a really bold claim there. You're saying that in, in your estimation that music is either leading you toward God or toward the enemy. Now, are you talking lyrically only, or are you bringing in the, the instrumentation along with that? Say, say a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, there are actually notes, uh, frequencies, and the good guitarists know this, um, that reach a certain uh, part of your subconscious. And, you know, to be really honest with you, I don't think a whole lot of people talk about it because it is a very um, uh, spiritual, intricate thing. Um, and it's purposeful. There are bands out there that just like to rock and have fun, and there are bands out there that are preaching to your subconscious with an agenda. Um, as a Christian artist, what I try to do is, in all the lyrics, and tuning of guitars and vocals. I don't try to do anything tricky. I just try to make a joyful noise under the Lord and, and let the Holy Spirit do his thing, you know, through the, uh, the lyrics, through the performance, through the reading of the scripture, through the, um, the preaching before and, and after a show. So I do want to say this, though, that, that music is it's a beautiful gift. But, you know, as you know, um, Satan was in charge of it before he got cast down, and he's, he's using the same old tricks, and he has been, uh, you know, for a very long time. But, uh, but Jesus is much, much, much more uh, powerful and has given us the ability to make music, like you said, why are we so attracted to the, the you know, the 80s hair metal bands? It's because they're doing things with excellence, 
and they're utilizing the tools, but they're utilizing the tools not the way that God designed them. And, uh, but they're using them effectively in our, in our lost and fallen and confused world. Uh, but the flip side of that, and the good news is that you've got the bands like, like Petra and uh, I believe White Cross and, and Striper and, and some of these bands that have not sold out to the, uh, to the world system and to the, um, uh, the enemy. And, and God's using them in powerful ways. Even today, even when they're not touring, if you listen to their, their lyrics and you listen to their CDs and their tapes and their uh, whatever format, digital, uh, it doesn't matter. You can tell uh, the songs that are what I believe are, are spiritually anointed, that are uh, truly blessed by God. And, um, but you have to be careful with music. And it's something I struggle with, see, uh, being frank with you and Wildman. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> I know this isn't supposed to be a deep, deep thing, but hey, you know, there you go. Kelly, I would take that a step further. Since my high school days, which was in the 80s as well, and the three of us are making the declaration, that was the greatest decade to ever exist of all time in any shape or form. In my immature days, which were a long time ago, (laughs) yeah, I was waiting for Steve there, I had the strong belief that all music I listened to should glorify God. So I didn't listen to any secular rock or metal. It was all Christian, White Cross, Petra, Baron Cross, Striper, uh, basically anything that came out. I began to struggle as a guitarist with instrumental pieces. For example, Phil Kagi coming out with an instrumental where there was no hymn basically behind it. So you couldn't make the direct connection of it being Christian. So I was saying to myself, can instrumental be of God or not be of God? You mentioned about the guitar tone, and I'm very intrigued by that. How much do you think people are aware that an instrumental can have a spiritual or non-spiritual tone? And number two, what would be your advice to the listener of how to discern that, especially for the non-musician? Well, um, on your first point, I think there are very few people that are not at the top of the recording industry that really understand and i'm definitely one of them that is just recently kind of learning uh, a lot of this stuff and as i reflect on on my own life and how uh, music has been so influential in it it has made me pause and, and reflect 
you know, because we're supposed to be discerning. And so I don't right. think people take it seriously. I've had, I had people approach me several times over the years and, you know, I just thought, well, it's, it's probably conspiracy stuff. They're probably just a weaker vessel. Um, you know, Hey, it's only rock and roll, but I like it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. It doesn't really affect me um, or my subconscious, but I can tell you as I've um, dug deeper and just even recording with guys like, you know, John Schlitt and, and Rex Carroll and these guys that um, they've been around and they know they are true professionals. Um, I'd say I'm kind of a, uh, an outsider scratching, looking in and learning and learning from guys who are, uh, in my opinion, just incredible pioneers and, and preachers, evangelicals, uh, people that love Jesus and completely know their craft and have, you know, made a, a, a life choice to glorify Jesus through their musical talents. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of number one. Um, I apologize. I, what was number two? <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. Um, no, it basically was uh, what advice do you have of how a listener can discern that, especially if they're not a musician? Yeah, I would definitely read the lyrics um, and take the time to really listen to the lyrics. And anymore, they don't even have to uh, hide stuff. So number two, the advice I would give is really think about why you're listening to the music, listen to the lyrics, and stop and, and look at your life and how it really makes you feel. Everybody's so unique and God made them that way. So I can't tell one listener, Hey, you shouldn't listen to this type of metal or, you know, you shouldn't listen to this band or that band. Um, but what I can tell you is just really think about the lyrics and really think about how it makes your body feel. Think about how it, um, how it affects your soul. It's almost like the closer you come to Jesus, the more obvious it is if something's from the Lord. And there's a lot of Christian, quote-unquote, bands out there and music out there that, quite honestly, is just like downright satanic, and I would steer clear from it. Um, but that being said, I would also say there are some incredible screamo bands that love Jesus, and you can sense the Holy Spirit working through them uh, and their lyrics, and it's it's kind of obvious. So it's I think it's like with any um, anything, the more you focus and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there's something that um, that you're listening to that isn't pleasing to Him, and He'll reveal it to you. And I wouldn't, you know, you don't want to get into CD burning and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, but but you just sincerely ask Jesus, say, Jesus, help me to know if listening to this song is going to draw me closer to you and if this is going to glorify your name. And I think it'll be pretty, I think it'll be pretty obvious to you. It's it helped me tremendously. Sure. Sure. So, you know, one of the things um, when we interviewed Rex and I remember Rex saying this way back when, like in 88 in an interview um, that he was frustrated. At least he came across frustrated in my opinion that the, Christian musician, according to him, should set the standard for the world, that they shouldn't be putting out half stuff just because they're Christian. They should really um, still work on it as, as much um, and more even, put more of an effort into what they do because they're doing it for God. Um, what has your, been your experience like that? You mentioned like uh, having John Schlitt and Rex Carroll 
um, together, you know, recording with them. Um, what's the experience been like with them or with other musicians that you have witnessed who have that standard? Right, and I'll, I'll add John Lowry into that mix because oh, yeah, he did the, yes, the keyboard on School Running. And, and, and I'll tell you, and, you know, even Jason Fowler, who you, I know I listened to your podcast uh, on him the other day. And, you know, it's guys like that who, um, man, they, they are a step above because they are, they're so serious about the details of their craft. I spent basically uh, from 15 to um, age 15 to probably when we recorded with John uh, in October of last year is when we started recording Fool Running. My eyes were, were opened up in John Lowry's studio, and I realized I had kind of thrown away like 30-some years of just throwing stuff up on the, on the wall and seeing if it would stick. I mean, I, I'm so amateur and unprofessional compared to those guys. It, it opened my eyes to a whole new level uh, of professionalism, and it was, it was like entering another world. I don't know how else to, to describe it. Um, and I'm not putting those guys on pedestals, but I am saying that they, they are like, like a professional athlete versus a peewee league. You know, these guys, uh, in their, their ability to, um, to rely on the Holy Spirit to help them to prepare and to play and to write. I mean, that, the whole song Fool Run, I mean, I can tell you where it started and where it ended. And it's really, if, if you ask what Holy Fire has, we, we technically started the band back in like 1990s, early 90s. I would say we have one song, and the song is Fool Running. And I can tell you that song is not, it wasn't even supposed to be released. I released it prematurely. And John Schlitt, in his fatherly, lovingly, uh, angelic way, uh, <laughs> reminded me uh, just to be patient and to trust God's timing. And I'm a very impatient person, uh, something that, that God has been uh, working on me. Uh, but the, the full run version that you guys have, it's not even half of what it could be if I would have been more patient to work with them on the timing and the release of the song. So I'm still learning. I'm at the very baby steps. But what's so freaking cool is you got John who, you know, just turned 70 and, and Lowry who just turned 70 and Rex somewhere between, you know, his 50s and 60s. Uh, these guys are just getting better and better and better. And I tell you, it's exciting. Um, and I'm just, I'm thrilled, especially in these, these times that we're living. Wow, what an incredible, amazing opportunity for us to make music better than the world from a worldly standpoint, but more importantly, uh, music that will touch their soul and lead them to Jesus Christ. And that's the ultimate goal of even purpose for doing music and evangelism through music is to glorify Jesus Christ and to tell others about his amazing, unconditional love. And, yeah, I'm sorry I got a little preachy there, but...
that's exactly yeah, that's exactly what it's all about. So you know, if you would forgive this reference, I was a big basketball fan in the NBA um, with Michael Jordan and so forth. And I remember when they made the decision for the Dream Team to come out, and we were actually going to be putting NBA players on the court for the Olympics, and we just completely destroyed every team we played. No one even came close. When I saw full running, and I saw this included John Laurie, John Schlitt, Rex Carroll, I'm saying to myself, this is the Dream Team right here. Yeah. You've got tremendous artists. So, So... what is your role? Is it writing? Is it producing? Is it a mixture? What is your role in what you do now with Holy Fire? Yeah, I would say Holy Fire, in my mind now, is more of a, of a movement, a collaboration of people that, uh, that love Jesus, musicians that want to share the gospel through music. And so my role, you know, on, on Full Running, my son Travis and I, we – we sang backup because I'm not John Schlitt. I don't have his voice. But I knew that if I could get a John Schlitt together with a Rex Carroll and, and John Lowry and then, you know, um, write a song that I could present the structure to them um, and let them do their thing. I mean, they, they put that out. Um, boy, the song itself, it took Travis, my son, basically uh, wrote the song initially as a non-Christian song. And while we were recording it in Rex's studio, I was writing down lyrics to make it a, a Christian song that was, you know, what I thought was maybe a little more uh, edifying. And then uh, asked Travis for his permission to share it, you know, with John. And, um, and then Rex was cool with it. And so we shared it with Schlitt and Lowry and uh, Rex and said, hey, let's, let's go record in, in uh, Lowry's studio and, and see if this is something that we can turn into a song that will basically tell my life story. Because I am the fool running um, and, you know, I mean, you could say it's kind of like about the prodigal son and, and that kind of thing, but the bottom line is, um, you know, there's a lyric in there that basically that John helped bring out that says, uh, Lord, open my heart. I cry out to you. And it's, and that's in the end, that's what we all need to do. We need to cry out to God and we need to say, Jesus, help. I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I, I need you. And so, um, you know, that song came together, literally, we recorded it in three days, which is, is kind of, I don't want to say unheard of, but uh, the quality of the, the musicians involved in, in Lowry producing it and the way he orchestrated and worked with John Schlitt and Rex, it was, it, uh, it was just, it was a beautiful thing. It was just absolutely amazing to watch. And then to be able to have my son there with me, um, and then we have a, another bass player that came down with us, Brian, who's a super great guy. And to have those guys with me, to let them be able to see the, you know, the two years that we'd put in and having in two days them make it a completely beautiful thing. It was just, wow, it was just amazing. And it makes me want to go back and do a whole bunch more. So I think my role, um, I'm probably more of a, uh, a promoter, a supporter, a prayer, an evangelist. I've got some you know, some decent songwriting ideas. I've already got a, a whole bunch of stuff written. I just need guys like Schlitt and Lowry and Rex. And, and, you know, my son, Travis, he is an incredible guitarist in and of himself. And I'm very thankful for how God has, uh, has encouraged me and utilized him in many ways, um, you know, through this whole project as well. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of growth, I think, that is continuing to take place um, in all of our lives. And I personally see myself as, as being more of a catalyst 
um, to say, hey, look, you want to do a, another Rocktoberfest 2 type thing? Let's talk. You know, let's, let's get these guys out there that want to uh, rock for Jesus and, and have solid music, solid tunes, and, and then follow up. You know, like, like we used to do in the old days where we had altar calls and where we would, you know, work with the pastors and the youth leaders and, and really follow up, not just entertain and put on a show, but really meet people where they are, uh, see lives change, people healed. Um, you know, you guys were at, at uh, KCF. That's where I saw you last. Um, that was an, a really neat time with uh, Chaotic Resemblance and Disciple. I mean, those guys, I love those guys. Amazing musicians. They, they love Jesus, and they're the real deal. So, you know, my role is, is to encourage and encourage people like you. I, I absolutely love your podcast, and if I, I've got a hat right here. I'm tipping it to you. Uh, thank you for what you do. Don't, don't quit doing it. I don't care if, if it's just Wild Man Steve, me, and I got two of my boys are in here. They've been uh, listening to us, uh, my 13-year-old. You guys met Kyle at uh, KCF. He's here, and my son, uh, 11-year-old Kevin. And I tell you, they're the next generation too. So I, I, I want to I pass the torch from the Schlitz and the Lowrys and the Rex Carrolls to the chaotic resemblances to the future generation so that Christian metal and Christian rock doesn't die because it's, you know, in my mind, it is a gift from Jesus that we got to keep going. So that, that's my role. Keep, Holy Fire is to keep it going. Uh, Hebrews 12, 28, 29 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, therefore let us worship God humbly with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. God is holy and righteous, and he will burn off all the junk. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a steak with a lot of fat, and I need to burn that fat off so we can get to the meat. <laughs> Yeah. The word, get to the meat of who God is and how much he loves us. And, you know, the Bible says narrow is the gate and few will find it, but broad is the road that leads to destruction. And we need a little holy fire. You need a little more fire and brimstone preaching because not everybody is going to get there if, if they don't know Jesus Christ. And it's, it's our privilege. We're, his, we're Christ's ambassadors to share his love. You know, not, we're not to condemn people. Uh, we're, we're to share the love of Jesus with them. Music is such an awesome habit. We, we wouldn't disagree with, I think, anything that you've said there. i, I got to say, though, Kelly, okay, in all seriousness, um, yeah, having your son help you co-write a song, you go into a studio and record with world-famous musicians. I mean, honestly, who hasn't done that? I mean, honestly, I think we, we've all had that experience. You know what I'm saying? No, how in the world did that come to be? I mean, seriously, you guys are promoting an event. You've got White Cross, Striper, and Petra together at Rocktoberfest. Next thing you know, you guys are in a studio 
with, with these legendary musicians. What are your connections? How did that come to happen? I'll tell you, my one and only connection is the Lord Jesus Christ himself because I have absolutely positively no business whatsoever running around with those guys uh, talent-wise. Now, I will say this. Travis was the mastermind behind Rocktoberfest, and that's why I wish he was here so he could share his perspective. But I like to think that he did that, the whole Rocktoberfest, um, because God moved him to do it. And I know he loves me, and I think he wanted to bless his old man. And, man, he didn't just bless his old man. He put his old man in contact with the perfect – I mean, I, I couldn't ask for a more perfect lineup of my individual life's experiences other than to be able to do something with the guys from Striper, Petra, and White Cross. You know, to be on stage and to, to, to be able to um, be a part of that show was unbelievable. But then being a senior, for the wedding and, and he's so humble and he loves Jesus so much and he's just an unbelievably neat man not just a musician he's, he's a man before a musician and his, his wife Dorla she is impeccably awesome and and you know between all these great musicians Rex's wife can cook meatballs and and host unlike I mean they're, they're just they're amazing these women are amazing that have married these these men that love Jesus and they're just they're such awesome examples, and we need to keep passing that on to the next generation. People need to know that, that it's not about the lights and, and the riffs. And, I mean, all those things are awesome, but it's really about a lifestyle of, of worship and loving and honoring the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, it's not that complicated. We make it complicated, but it's really not. You know, I love your focus on the next generation in, in so many different ways. You, you keep talking about your children and wanting to see your uh, children involved in what you're doing and then reaching out to the next generation, as you just said. I, I think that is so important. But I want to tie that back into something you were saying earlier. As you were talking about these musicians who are really at that just that professional level, the, the Michael Jordan level, as, as Wildman was saying, um, and, and part of that's because of time. Right? They, they, they've honed their craft over the years and the decades and have really gotten to that level of excellence. What is your take and your opinion on some of the technology and the tools that the younger generation, we'll say, uh, younger musicians have to really make their music sound fantastic? I mean, some of these people, you know, they've got, you know, home studios that they can do on their, their, their computer uh, that, you, you know, you couldn't have done that uh, in your house, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, so on the one hand, it seems like they've got the tools. Do you find that that is really helping them become better musicians? Do you find it, yeah, maybe that's a shortcut and, and they miss something along the way, or, or is it just kind of neutral? Um, you probably don't really want to get me going on that because I'm an old school guy, guy and, uh, and, you know, Lowry, he had all this 
old school stuff like what Michael Jackson used when he recorded his vocals and he had uh, old school amps that he was utilizing with Rex's guitar and you know Rex had custom made some guitars through some some things that uh, uh, it's just it's hard to explain the the old school new school um, game but I'll just say the the guys know how to do both but it's much more of an art coming from uh, from what we would call old school. I think it levels the playing field and gives people a, a much better chance of getting their music out. And I think the tools are great and helpful, but honestly, they they don't reproduce well live. If you go to a live show and you see Phil Kagey play and you see Rex Carroll play, or you go to a live show and you see me play, um, there is a difference. And so people are going to know um, that, you know, who's really been practicing, who's really uh, been utilizing their time to hone in on their craft. And technology is awesome, and I like it, but I also think we lose some of the elements, you know, the, the modern-day worship stuff. Um, some of it's good, but, man, I tell you, it's just the same three chords over and over and, and some of the, the techno stuff that gets all mumbled in it, it. It's, it's just not to me, it doesn't seem like it's art as much. It just seems simplified and, and almost a little, a little cheaper than, you know, it's kind of like fine chocolate versus, you know, a cheap candy bar. I think our music has, has gotten sloppier. Um, I know because I've put a ton of sloppy music up on the internet, <laughs> you know, I've used some of the tools and, and stuff. And that's why, you know, I'm kind of in the process of, of uh, hitting the delete button and starting over just because I don't want cheap imitation. I want the real thing. I want to be able to reproduce it live so that it's perfect because my heavenly father is perfect. And I want, I want to honor him with my very, very, very best. Um, now, does that mean that you shouldn't, get out and, and play with the tools and, and work on uh, utilizing what's available today? No, not at all. Please do do it and, and do it with excellence. But, but don't substitute uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit and practice. Uh, don't think you can achieve that just by, you know, working on a song for a couple of days and then throwing it up on the Internet with a certain program thinking that, hey, this is going to, you know, bring people to Jesus. Because I, I just think it's a lot deeper than that. I think a lot of prayer um, needs to go into whatever tools you're going to utilize to get your music out there. You, you need to really, really pray and, and seek God's uh, presence when you're going to be writing your music down. It's, it's, uh, it's not, I mean, you can just go and, and have fun, you know, just do your rock and roll thing. But if you're really serious about reaching your audience and you're really serious about your craft, I think you need to, um, to learn the old school and, and learn the new school, but you need to ask God to help you to find your niche and your gift for connecting the two, um, because times are going to always change. You know, if Jesus were here today, how would he be teaching differently? He wouldn't. He'd be teaching the same thing, but he'd be utilizing all the tools that we have, the modern technology, but he'd be doing it perfectly. Um, we need to try to strive for that. How can we utilize the tools that we have today? Uh, to reach our world for Christ through music that, uh, that worships Him and, and draws others to Him.
and that, you know, you you, uh, you you keep coming back to that in this interview, and that's so refreshing because, you know, you mentioned Alder Halls earlier, and I remember in high school, um, all the concerts that I went to, um, you knew after the encore that was when the guitarist or the lead singer was going to take the mic and give their message and then open it up, and you would see kids just come down um, every night at every concert people will be getting saved and it's very refreshing for me to hear you say that that's what it's all about that it's not about the entertainment yep. i mean there's nothing wrong with the entertainment you can have the entertainment but the main reason the main purpose in this is to bring other people to christ that's the whole purpose of music in the first place um so that's very mm-hmm. encouraging to hear so uh, tell us and tell our listeners kelly what's on the horizon for a holy fire or for you are there other projects you're working on what are the plans coming out here 2020 2021 yeah well you know um to be 110% frank with you um <laughs> i'm taking yeah i'm taking things one day at a time i'm really working on being uh the best husband to my wife and the best father uh, to my children and the best um, neighbor that I can be. And as I work on those things, the music just naturally flows. And when I'm ready to do that next step, it's going to be closer to what we just recently did with Full Running, and it's going to be like Rocktoberfest on biblical steroids. I mean, I really want to step it up. And so I'm trying to be patient. Um, I don't want to, I, I know the last time I talked to Steve, oh gosh, um, over the phone, I think I was ready to, to tell him a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, nope, I have to wait. So I'm going to have to say I have to wait again because I don't want to exaggerate and I don't want to um, over promise something, but I can tell you this, I will definitely continue to be uh, praying and implementing the skills and the people that God keeps graciously bringing across my path to encourage them to do all that, uh, that Jesus has put on my heart uh, to encourage them to do. And, you know, again, that's one of the reasons I was thrilled you guys were going to interview me because I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because you guys got a special thing going here. And, uh, and I really, really hope that you are encouraged um, because you guys encourage me and I've really enjoyed listening to your, uh, your interviews and, and I want to uh, do some cool things with you guys down the road, Lord willing. So. Oh, that, that, that is so cool. We definitely share um, so many things. First and foremost, uh, you know, love for Jesus Christ, uh, wanting to serve him in what we do, and then obviously our, our love of music, and I pre- we appreciate your comment uh, there, Kelly, and that's, that's what we are about, is supporting artists, whether it's guys that have been doing this for three decades or more, uh, or the bands that are just up and coming, uh, who are playing that good hard rock metal kind of music uh, as a way to reach people uh, with the gospel and with the message of how to live faithfully for him. So uh, appreciate that comment, and uh, we're definitely on the same page, brother. Awesome, yeah. awesome. I, I appreciate it as so, well. Yeah, but, but you know, I yeah. must admit that, that the more you were, when you were saying that, I just had to take a double take here and there and say, Steve, is he talking about us, or uh, <laughs> was that somebody? <laughs> <laughs> you. 
I'm speaking into you the way that, that John Schlitt and, and Rex Carroll spoke into me, and I'm going to share this with you. Um, they were doing a show with Union of Sinners and Saints. Uh, Schlitt was with, um, uh, oh, gosh, it was here in Indiana. And he sat down with me, and we looked over a field, and it was like a harvest. Um, and he, he just said to me, he said, Kelly, and this is before we did Fool Running and, and everything. He said, I really... I really want to bless you. I want to help you, and I want to help your dreams come true. And and I I just uh, man, it it hit me, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I I know I need to do this, and uh, so I did, and that's how I ended up recording with him. Um, and then Rex Carroll did the same thing. He's like, Kelly, you are doing what God wants you to do. Um, so that was very encouraging to me. And then you know, my wife. Uh, when I got saved, um, I apologize. When I got saved, uh, she came alongside and she helped me start Holy Fire, and we wrote songs that we wanted um, to share the gospel with those around us. And you know, God took uh, a guy like me and uh, gave me a second chance. And music was very, very powerful part of that. And so I want to share that with others because I know, I know it's a smaller niche of metalheads and stuff out there, but, man, there's a lot of people out there who are hurting and, and who can relate to uh, the rock and roll lifestyle and getting out of it. There's only one way, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to be a part of that. So that's, that's what's in store for me. That's what I'm going to be doing until the day I die. I'm going to be supporting people that love rock music, they love metal music, and they need Jesus. And that's... That's my my calling. Evil lurks all around me. Black dogs seek my fall. At night they come out. Black as a dog. Howling at the moon. Prowling for my soul. Shadows ambush my life as my skin begins to crawl. Deliver my soul from the power of the dark. Defend my life with the mighty sword. Deliver my soul from the sting of death. Deliver my soul into righteousness. It's incredible to hear how God has been with you through this entire process. Here Steve and I are saying, how did you make these contacts? This is amazing. And you just simply say, the only contact I have is with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's just encouraging yep. that, that's, that that is who you give the credit to. And, and looking back on it, you're just saying, this had to be God. Um, he's the one that's done this. So, Kelly, as you are working on these future projects, where is the best place for people to find what you are doing? Um, they could text me at 317-501-6889, and I will personally follow up with anyone who texts me and be happy to answer their questions and, and try to put them in the right direction. Um, I'm praying about getting the right web people together to help me out <laughs> and to, right. to do it right because, you know, like you guys mentioned earlier, you know, it's really easy these days to put things up and to throw stuff out. It's just, it's just not done with excellence. It's sloppy, and, uh, and that doesn't represent our God well. And so, you know, I don't want to discourage people from, from sharing what's on their heart, um, 
but I do want to encourage them to try to seek the Lord first and to try to do things with excellence and to try to be patient. And I'm preaching to myself as I say that because, you know, God's timing is always better than ours. Uh, he is perfect. He is holy. And he knows what he's doing. And I can tell you, when I have put Jesus first and done things his way, anything good that you've seen uh, or heard from anything that I'm associated with, all credit goes to Jesus because I'm nothing. I can't do it. I don't have the, the, the resources to do the things that my heart wants to do, but Jesus does. And he will accomplish what he wants to do. So I just encourage, you know, you guys and, you know, all the listeners out there to just seek Jesus and say, Lord, use me. Take what I have and use it because he will. You know, he'll, he'll take what you have and he'll use it. Um, but you got to ask him. And then you got to keep following up and keep, keep pressing forward. Well, great testimony. And, uh, Great encouragement, and uh, it's just encouraged, so encouraging just to hear somebody who's led by God. And Steve, I got to say, you know, I think we just experienced a first on our show, didn't we? I, I'm sure that we did, uh, if for no other reason than this is the first time we've ever had Kelly Frank on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope we also, also experienced the first time on this show that a guest ever gave out their number to text. <laughs> yes, that is true, and and, and I got to be honest with both of you guys. As soon as you started doing that, Kelly, I started getting nervous for you. Um, you, you <laughs> I can you, you, may, off, right? <laughs> you may not be aware, uh, but uh, there are some people on the internet who may not always be the nicest sort of people. I, I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> and uh, when you give your number, well, you like know what, Steve? You know when you're dealing with ten yeah. listeners. I, I mean, you, you know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, 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 we have, we have, we have in the twenties of listeners. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's going up. It's going up. There's no question. Uh, well, Kelly, we want to thank you for taking the time to be with us. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard how to get a hold of him, and we will be excited to hear what God has in store. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much.
It is no surprise that Kelly Frank chose the name Holy Fire. He certainly is on fire for Christ. His desire through his musical production is to share the gospel message. He is using his gifts and abilities to further the kingdom of God and nothing more. This is a reminder of what life is truly about, Jesus and his word. May we never forget this. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information about us and to leave us a review, please go to wildmanandsteve.com. Thank you.